When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great to have you with us this Wednesday afternoon. Corey Homicide-Williams in the studio after four. It'll be joy to see him for the first time in the new year. Before that, uh, yesterday a book was launched, um, Football's Forgotten Years, uh, written by the eminent Colin Carter, who in, in amongst everything else that he's done mm-hmm. in his very full life, he's been the president of the John Footy Club and an AFL commissioner and in the last 10 years has been researching, for his own reasons, uh, the origins of the AFL. Uh, and to that end, he is suggesting that there is 27 years that have been forgotten slash lost uh, in the recording of the history of the league we now know as the Australian Football League. And it's, uh, Colin, as we say, good afternoon and welcome to you. It's, uh, it's got people talking. Well, thanks for having me on the program. And, uh, yeah, it's an important subject and needless to say, I've got some pretty strong views on it. So why 1870? We, we know that the, the official recording um, that we have come to sort of accept goes back to 1897. Well, why do you suggest it should go back to 1870? Well, it's not me. Um, one of the things that your listeners should understand, the evidence now is absolutely irrefutable that the early VFL, the founders, the clubs and the football community regarded 1870 as their starting point. And it was only until the 1920s that that story changed. I mean, there's a truckload of evidence. Um, Mm. For example, every edition of the football record until 1919 listed 1870 as a starting point. The magazine that preceded the footy record um, had hundreds of examples, all starting in 1870. And so this is not just Colin Carter inventing stuff. It is absolutely crystal clear that our founders mm. regarded 1870 as a starting point and then the story changed. So, so what, do, you, do you know the origins of why the story changed? Well, one of the things that happened to me early on, I spoke to Geoffrey Blaney. I was finding gaps in the data. I mean, for example, in researching Charles Brownlow's life, I'd always thought he was an administrator. and It was a bit of a shock to find that he was captain of Geelong's 1883 Premiership side playing in a six-team competition. The six teams were Geelong, Carlton, Essendon, North Melbourne, South Melbourne and Melbourne. You sort of think, oh, hang on, something's funny here. But Blaney told me that the AFL records are wrong. He didn't say they were misleading or could be debated. He said they're wrong. They're a result of a feud between rival football officials. And so what appears to have happened is that the VFL and the VFA were toxic competitors for most of their lives. And the VFA used to say they were the parent of Australian rules football and uh, eventually the VFL wrote them out of history by saying that 1897 is a starting point. And, uh, yep. Sorry, Colin. No, go on. Uh, but I was just going to say... Fascinating. When you talk about that rivalry, uh, when did that actually start where there were there were the two leagues? Or, or did, did... When you go back in history, like at the time, if you go back to those, those missed years, yep. were there still only... There was only the one league, which was the VFA. Is that correct? Uh, the VFA was the league until 1897 when the, um, the VFL broke away from it effectively. Uh, eight of the 13 clubs broke away. And by the way, in 1896, 
before the split, there were 13 teams that year and 11 of them are still in the AFL today. Mm. The teams broke away and formed the, the VFL and everybody thought the VFA would fall over, but they gathered strength, added some new teams. And over the next um, decades and decades, they were a formidable competitor to the mm. VFL for the attention of people. And for here's one fact for you. In 1908, the VFA grand final between Brunswick and Footscray attracted 44,000 people to the MCG <laughs> when there were only 600,000 people in Melbourne. So it was a formidable mm. competitor. So, so you've got the, for a period there, you've got the two leagues running at the same time. Is it not yep. possible then just to look at that history and say, this is a very integral part of our history, but treat it more in isolation because there was the different leagues rather than trying to add them to the current um, history of the clubs in regards to premierships and, and other data. So, so it's recognised, but they're in different leagues. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, that's what a lot of people have said. What I think is now compelling mm. is that the VFL founders absolutely regarded that time before 1897 as part of their history, and ironically, the VFA disowned it. You read the book and you'll see that. But right. the important thing is that all the founders of the VFL for 20 years or more regarded the prior history of their own. For example, 1897, Essendon wins the first VFL premiership, but at the time, mm. everybody, including the AF, the AGM of Essendon, the footy journos, um, the footy records, all regarded that as their fifth premiership. Mm. Um, and that was a consistent pattern for 20 years, uh, nearly 25 years, and then the story changed in 1896. 1897 became year one, and the, the rest was basically airbrushed from history. Mm. Well, if on that basis, because and and the thing that sort of where it gets a little murky because of the the the, the different leagues and how they emerged and they went from different leagues. How then do you? Um, what's your view on other state competitions and their relevance? Because the South Australians have, yeah. as they do, Colin, you know this well, but they've got very fired up about this. Yeah, but I think the uh, the question I've been trying to address is when did our competition start? Mm. The football in other states is massively important, and I'm a West Australian, so I understand that, but they are different competitions. Um, what is incontrovertible is that the football, for example, I mentioned a moment ago that the 1896, which doesn't exist in our record, there are 13 teams of which 11 are still in the AFL today. So this is all about the origins of our competition. Mm. The Sandfall is very important, but it's different. And the Waffle is very important, but it's different. And so let's not confuse the subject by sort of mm. you know, the football, Australia, football in Australia is really important, but that's not what we're on about. Shouldn't then with those teams back then, uh, and I'm going through this myself, I don't know the answer, but shouldn't then those teams and their history be part of the VFA history rather than the VFL and uh, do you know what I'm saying? Because, they weren't, they weren't no, playing they, in those comps. No, they weren't in those comps. We're talking about who was playing each other. The analogy, a good analogy, is the Premier League broke away from the English Football League in 1992. Right. Very hostile, a lot of angst. And the Premier League is a completely different structure. But every one of the clubs runs their history back 100 years. Liverpool didn't start and Manchester United didn't start. Of course. In, 19, mm. in 1992. And so that's the debate here. Um, right. It's a pretty specious argument that some people make that because it was a separate legal structure, you can't have continuity with what went before. And there are 
stacks of examples of which, which show that that is actually an argument that doesn't hold up. Right. So the change to the premiership tables, one by each club, is seismic. And clearly, for a lot of people now, that will be a, a hot potato that will be impossible for them to move past. Cl- clearly, Colin, you would be arguing that if the history does get recognised as far back as 1870, then uh, the premierships won by all participating clubs since 1870 should be recognised. Absolutely, and yeah. every premiership won between 1870 and 1896 was won by a club still in the AFL today. Yeah. And as Mike Sheehan said in his endorsement on the book, you can't allow that to stand in the way of a correct understanding of football mm. history. I'm fully, just for what it's, as a little aside, I'm in lockstep with you, Colin, on this one. Mm. I think it's a, I think it should, those premierships should be recognised. Well, I'm trying to figure out why well, they Carlton wouldn't be. Would, well, Carlton would be atop the table oh, by right. two if that's the case. But that's just an <laughs> historical aside. It's got it's nothing to do with right. me and the team that I happen to support. Hey, uh, Col, we're talking to Colin Carter about the book that he's written, Football's Forgotten Years. You mentioned Mike Sheehan's endorsement. Mike Fitzpatrick, likewise, uh, has been, you know, incredibly enthusiastic about the book and the facts and, you know, the, the potential impact. What happens next, Colin? Well, I uh, I would like the AFL to establish something like a heritage committee or a history committee to actually look at this stuff and also encourage the study of history of football across Australia. I mean, I in the book I cite myself as Exhibit A for the carelessness of AFL in dealing with history matters. When I was on the commission, I didn't think about it. I was on the commission when the VFA folded and didn't make any attempt to find that the records were kept intact. And so, um, but I think the AFL is really busy and, and, and this stuff gets squeezed out. So they need a structure, an organisational unit, which actually deals with it. And so that's what I'd hope. And I would hope people would look at the evidence. I mean, you're right. The, the, I'm amazed at the emotional outbursts from people who haven't actually read the book yet. But the, I was always accused of rewriting history. But what's very clear now is it wasn't me. History was rewritten. Oh, and God. the question the AFL has to decide is whether they like the revised version or whether they go back yes, to well, the version that the AFL he, he isn't, mm. but he isn't the president of Collingwood anymore. But you know Eddie Maguire well. If he was the president of Collingwood still, and with the release of your book and the revised potential premiership table the way it is, what do you reckon Eddie might have to say? Well, I'd hope that Eddie Eddie attacked me two or three years ago, um, uh, but uh, and that actually, in one sense, motivated me to really. Um, endorse a lot more, uh, to commission a lot more research. And so what's happened in, in lockdown is I've got Mark Penning, so I think he's probably one of the most respected football historians to do the work for me. And he was researched the first 30 years of the VFL and came up with this overwhelming picture of the early VFL regard 1870 as a starting point. So I'd hope that if Eddie was asked an opinion about it these days, he would um, accept that his world has changed a bit. Colin, thanks for coming on. I look forward to getting my mm-hmm. hands on the book and reading it from cover to cover. We appreciate your time. Thanks very much, guys. Six minutes to four.